Welcome to the SOSChurch.com podcast. We are an international church in the heart of Stockholm that meets every Sunday at 11.30 a.m. at Drottninggatan 81. The celebration is in English with translation into Swedish, Farsi and Spanish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations, living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. Isn't King but Jesus is. And I can say that the heart of the message last week is really that selfishness come very natural for most of us <laughs> but to become generous it really takes a miracle and I believe that God wants to do that miracle in all of us he wants to change our hearts from being selfish to become generous people and the other thing is that we need to dare to trust God when it comes to finances in a season that we are in right now when so much is shaking all around us when so much violence is going on in this city and the foundation of it is really greed and a desire to get more money right we need another foundation we need to understand what the word of god is teaching us about the bible all right we have uh, our confa team leaving i think they will go out and we will have teaching can we give them a hand as they are heading out they will have some some teaching okay so that is really the heart of the message and that is what we will go into today uh, to continue from today as well and as i've been preparing i've been thinking about a story that i heard long time ago and it was a story about a, a servant woman who was living just neighbor neighbor door to her master and the master was having this big castle and the servant was living in a small, small cabin. And this servant girl, she loved her master and she was doing everything to help her master and serve the best way possible. The master had no family and eventually that master died. And when the master died, he was leaving a letter behind him. So she got this letter. And she was so happy when she got the letter from her master. She was missing him so much. She, was, she, was so, she felt so honored that she got something from her master. So she took the letter and she was putting it in a frame and was putting it on the wall back home. And every day when she was walking around in her small cabin, she was looking at this beautiful letter. And she was thinking, I'm so happy that my master was thinking about me. Of all the people he could have think of, he was thinking about me and gave me this beautiful letter. She was having it there in the frame for so long time. But eventually she was almost not making a living any longer because he used to provide for her. The years went by and she was trying to find different ways of making an income and just surviving, getting by. But she became very sick. She was very, very poor. And one day a friend came to visit her. And when that friend came into the house or the small cabin, the friend saw the letter and the frame on the wall. And he was like, haven't you read this? This is amazing. And the servant girl said, no, I'm so happy for it, but I cannot read. You know, I'm, I'm just a very simple person. I haven't read it. 
And he said, it's written that you got everything that your master owned. The whole castle, all bank accounts, everything your master had belongs to you. And she'd been living in poverty for years. It blowed her mind and she was now moving into the castle. She started to live a new life. She was helping a lot of other people out of poverty. But everything started with her reading that letter. I think that sometimes as believers, we have a Bible back home, but maybe we don't read it. And even if we read it, maybe we don't really understand it. What it says about finances. Or if we understand it, maybe we don't really dare to trust it and try it out. Today I want to try to help you to discover what the Word of God is saying about finances. And not just discovering it, but I believe that you will get faith to actually trust God when it comes to finances. And I'm going to challenge you to actually try it out. Test if God means what He says in His Word. What if the Word of God is true and it actually works and, and you're living way beyond your ability? What if God wants to bless you and not just help, help you financially but actually change you so that we go, all go from being self-centered and selfish to become generous people and start to live a generous life? What if? Okay, let's, let's try out and see what God is saying about this, about us as people. But I think that there is one challenge for us to become generous. And the biggest challenge is this, trusting God, daring to follow Him, and that money talks. I have some money in my pocket. It's 50 crowns. And when I open it up here, I can see Eve Tob. Do you know that he speaks to me? <laughs> money talks. I, I, I don't mean that money in, in, a, in a pride way that you can go around flashing with your money and, and, and should, should, should rule over people. No, I mean that money is talking to you and me. And they want to be rolling over you. Okay? The Bible says that we should have money, but money should not have us. And I've been thinking about this. I think that we want money in our pockets, but money won't actually be in our heart. Okay? So you put the money down in your pocket, but it has a way to make it up to your heart. Because money is not satisfied with serving you. It wants to, you to serve it. Money, we want to control money, but money wants to control us. We want to have money, but money wants to have us. Why? Because money talks. If you don't trust me, have you ever bought something that you regret it? You came home and you were like, why did I buy this? Because it's not just money that talks, possession talks as well. And it seems like we have different things talking to us. Pillows and blankets always talks to my wife. When she's buying it, it's not like we have no blankets back home. We have it. But we, they are talking to her when she's going into a store. For some of you, it's shoes. If you go into a shoe store, they are speaking to you and telling you, bring me home. I need to be in your home. And when you're coming home, you realize that you have 50 pair of shoes and you cannot use them all. And you're like, why did I buy it? Because they spoke to you. We have different things speaking to us. For me, it's, it's not so much processions. For me, it's mostly my kids and my wife. They speak a lot. But when they are silent, I have something else that starts to speak back home, and that is popcorn. That, that's what speaks. 
I hear it when everything is quiet and calm at night. I hear popcorn whispering loud from the drawer. So I take it out and it's asking me to pop it and eat it all and not even sharing with anyone. Just me and my We have different things speaking to us. But I think we can agree that money talks, right? And not just money, but even possessions. We want a newer phone. We want a better car or just new. We just want more, right? What is the Bible speaking, saying about money, okay? Why is it so hard to keep the money in our pocket when it wants to make its way up to our heart? I think it is. It is a battle of trust. That's what it comes down to. Last week, I read what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, when he says that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's not hard. It is impossible. That is what Jesus said. Uh, I was teaching this last week, but I forget to read the next verse. It's written like this in the next verse. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? It's a good question. And I think it needs to be asked in Stockholm 2023, right? Isn't the body more than clothes? There is more to life than our possessions. But whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, theologian says you should ask yourself, wherefore? If you see a therefore, you should ask yourself, wherefore? And then we need to back up and see what it was written before. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. All right? Why shouldn't you worry about your life? Because you will, either, you will serve whatever you trust. If you trust money more than God, you will follow money more than God. We will always follow what we trust and what we believe in. So God is asking you to trust Him more than your bank account. And some of you say, Amen, I really need that. And some of you say, Oh, I, I, I'm good with the bank account. It's all good. I think we have some different reaction to this. But there's a battle of the trust. And let's see what Jesus says. He says this. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Worry is unnatural, right? Look at the birds. God is taking care of them. Why wouldn't He take care of you and me? Can any one of you, by worry, add a single hour to your life? Worry is unhelpful. You cannot add a minute to your life by all worries about finances. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed as one of these. Worry is unnecessary. It doesn't take you anywhere to worry. It just brings you down, right? If, God, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? And some of you say, ah, oh, that's me. Worry is unbelieving. God is asking us to trust Him. You will follow who you trust. 
trust is the currency of leadership if you trust someone you will follow that someone God asks us to trust him more than our bank account so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for pagans is running after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well what is God saying to you and me he says I am your father I want to provide for you for me as a dad if my if my kids don't trust me with bringing food and clothing to them I feel like I've been failing as a dad and dads that have experienced that being in, in a very hard poor situation and they cannot provide for the family they will feel miserable but I tell you that your heavenly father is a very rich one and he's a very good one much better than any earthly father he wants to take care of you and me he don't want you to need to go to anyone else eating he wants you to come to him are you with me what is happening if we trust God more than our finances what is happening is that we become generous and God is more interested in changing our hearts actually than, than just blessing us I believe God wants you to have money in your pocket I believe that God wants you to have a lot of money in your pocket as long as it's not in your heart I believe that you can have your all of your pockets just full even have a backpack of money on your back and God is happy with that and everyone around you is happy when you're generous right we all love rich generous people and that is blessing everyone around you can you enjoy it yes I believe you can enjoy it yourself too but don't let it get to your heart and that is what is the battle of trust do we trust God or finances the most all right how can you keep the money in your pocket when it tries to work itself into your heart that's point number two we need some blessed principles that God have given us in his word and I want you to have this in mind look at this road if you're out driving on a road and there's very deep ditches on the sides or there's a river or something they will put up rails at sides why so that so that you will not fall into a river or into a deep ditch it is there to protect you there is some principles in the Word of God that helps you to stay on the road that helps you to keep the money in your pocket when it tries to get into your heart and and this these rails uh, yeah we are guided by principles but we are led by presence okay God is giving us principles in his word to follow but then he will also supernatural uh, lead us by his presence and he can lead us to give led by the Holy Spirit in a special in a special way are you with me all right uh, principles is not a prison principles are a blessing so there is some principles I want to teach you about today that is not there to take from you it is there to give to you are you following me today um, first one, could, could you give me 500 crowns or something like that before I before I continue thank you thank you yeah yeah it's not even Toby this time good all right it's written like this in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6 I the Lord do not change does the Lord change my friends no 
So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how do we return? I want you to hear God's heart in this. He says, return to me. I don't want you to hear a condemning, judging God that is after you to beat you up. No, I want you to hear the love of your heavenly Father. He says, return to me and I will return to you. In the New Testament, we can see how James is writing something very similar. It says, draw close to God and He will draw close to you. And then it says, and wash your hands, your sinners, and turn from your evil ways. That's how you draw close to God and He will draw close to you. Can you hear God's heart? He's asking you, return to me and I will return to you. Okay, and then it continues like this. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse in your whole nation because you're robbing me. This is kind of strong accusations, right? God says that the people have been robbing him. That is a very strong accusation. And it says that you have been under a curse. You, what's a curse? It's like God's divine power been working against them. Not for them, but against them. Because they have been robbing God. Very strong words, right? And he keeps going. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Isn't that beautiful? How are we to give to God? We are to bring in tithing into His storehouse. That it may be food in His house. Like, that people can come and eat. What is the storehouse? It is the local church. Bring in your tithing to the, your local church. That means if you are planted in SOS church, bring your tithing to SOS church. If you are if you're planted somewhere else, bring your tithing there. Why? So it's food in the house. So people can come and eat and meet with God. Is it an obligation for everyone that are a member of SOS church to pay tithe? It's not. It's no obligation. Can I come a couple of times and try? Is it like a gym membership that I can come and try out for three, three times? And if I want to come more times, I, I need to start to tithe? No, it's not. You can be here a lifetime without giving anything. You can come every Sunday. You can come on every gathering. You can partake of everything that is given out for a lifetime without giving anything. You are free to do that. But you're missing out on a big blessing. You're like the woman that has, has the promise written on your wall. It's like everything that belonged to the master belonged to her. You're like that woman. You're living far beyond your capacity. You're living far beyond God's promises and will for your life. You're free to do it. No one will force you. But maybe, maybe the word of God is true. And maybe you're missing out on a big blessing that he would like to give to you. Verse 11, 
Now he says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vine in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed. For, your, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Can you see the promises? God says, test me in this. If I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and bless you in right time. Wonderful promises, right? But what does he start with? He says, return to me. <laughs> return to me. How are we doing it? By tithes and offerings. I just got 500 crowns here from Fersana. Why did she give it to me? Because it's mine. I gave it to her before the service. Did she give it to No, she, she really just returned it to me, right? I gave it to her and she gave it back. That is what tithing is all about. God says that we belong to God. Not just we, but everything we have belongs to God. And everything He has belongs to us. And He's, uh, he's giving us a test. This is a two-way test, actually. When, when we are tested and when we should test God, He's giving us 10% extra every month. That he wants us to return to him. That's why we don't pay tithing. We don't give tithing. We are returning tithing. Because it belonged to God all the time. But he was testing us and putting it in, in our pocket. Like I tested for a sauna. I, I, I didn't know if he, she would return it. <laughs> Maybe she would take it and run away. Buying her a, a nice lunch and doing something. Buy a pair of new shoes or I don't know. But I tested her. And I can tell that for a sauna she's very faithful. If you give something to her that is yours, she will return it. Are you with me? What is tithes? Tithes is the first 10% of your income, not the last. And we could go a deeper Bible study. It's your first 10%. Before you see if you have enough, you give 10% to God. You don't pay tithes, you return it. And you return it into your local church where you are planted. If that is SOS church, that is where you return it. If you're planted in another church, return it at that place, okay? Offerings, you can give wherever you want to, but tithing belongs to your local church. So there is food in his house. That is one of the purpose. The other purpose is that you put God on the throne in your life every month. I've been a tither for 15 years. I was taught about that principle when I was 19. And I decided I'm going to become a tither. And I never stopped because it's been blessing my life. And every month, as soon as I get my salary, with my finances, I declare, Jesus, you are Lord in my life. Jesus, you're still on the throne. I place no other gods in front of you. I worship you first. Before I've been covering anything else, I'm worshiping you with my finances. Finances. It's been a declaration every month for 15 years. And I'm not saying anything to brag. I'm saying that it works. It's a principle that works. And everyone I have met that are a someone that gives tithe or returning tithes, they say the same thing. They say, I am blessed. God has been so good to me. He is so faithful. Yet, during 50, I've been preaching for 15 years. I never met anyone that are regularly tithing that says it doesn't work. I never met anyone. But I met a lot of people that is always saying, I never have enough. I can never get by. I, and, and, 
that are not regular tithing, okay? I'm just teaching you something that's been working for us for so many years and that is written about in the Word of God and maybe it will work for you. And God is actually saying, saying test me in this. So the purpose is that you put God on the throne in your life. The purpose is that there will be food in God's house so people can meet with God in the local church. The purpose is also that you're opening up a possibility for God to bless you. He says, test me in this if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out my blessings in the right time. So it's actually opening up a door for you to be blessed. And... He's a, and, and to be a testimony for other people when they see your peace. And I'm not just speaking about you having so much finances. I'm also speaking about you being at peace in the midst of tribulation. And, and it seems like we are in a very shaky time right now when it comes to everything. But when it comes to finances, I have peace in my heart. Why? Because God is on the throne. And that He is my provider. And I have noticed that for 15 years. And I believe that no matter what is happening, happening in this world he is still on the throne and I'm relying upon that he stays the same amen so tithing is a two-way test you test God and God is testing you Matthew 6 21 says for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. When you give your treasure into the kingdom of God, you're also giving your heart into it. All right? Tithing is not law. It is life. Sometimes I hear people that are reading the Bible and they try to argue away and say what is, why it's not biblical with tithing. And they say, it's part of the law. Have you ever heard that? They say it's part of, no, it was actually a principle long before the law. It was Abraham that started with it. And Jesus, he's affirming it in, in, in Matthew 23. He says, you should tithe, yes, but there is more important things. So there is more important things than tithing, but Jesus says, you should tithe, yes. Are you with me? Okay, it's a bit quiet. That's how it is when you speak about finances. Everyone's like, what is going on? Does he try to rob me? No, I'm telling you to stop robbing God. That's what I'm, I'm trying to accomplish here. Number three, the adventure of giving. Giving. There is a universal principle that God has been giving us about sowing and reaping. It goes through every area of our lives and so also finances. Paul is saying this in an offering speech. He says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under conclusion. For God loves a cheerful giver. When we give, we give with joy. I never... Give when I give my tithing, when I give offering, I don't give by force, I don't give in fear, I give in faith. For me and my wife, giving the tithing, we say hallelujah every time we're sending away the money. Why? Because it's our insurance. We know that whatever happened this month, God is on the throne, and our bill is His bill. Let 
let's see, we're in verse, uh, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, in whatever time it is, whatever interest there is, whatever inflation that there is, is all times, right? Having all that you need, and you will abound in every good work. God, He wants to bless you. That is really His heart. His heart is not to steal the last penny so that you will live in poverty. No, it is to test your trust so that He can actually bless you and increase what you have. So that your pockets can be full of money, but your heart is full of God. All right? And He says, says I love this principle so much about sowing and reaping. And I've been trying to live by that as well. Because tithing is not, it's not the ceiling I try to reach up to when it's come to giving. It is really the foundation where we start from. I start with tithing, returning it. It's not even giving for me. It is, it is the foundation. Look at this. The devil is a liar. He's trying to, to, to destroy it. We, we start with that. And then on top of it, God can lead us to give to different things. And I've been seeing this principle. I could tell you story after story after story. But one fun story was that when I was dating Ely, and I realized I really want to marry her. I was trying to, to save up some money so that I could buy wedding rings. And I've been calculating that in March 2000, what is it, 10, I think, 11. 10 or 11. 11. I was deciding I'm going to propose to her because then I have the, the money to buy the rings. So I worked, I tried to work a bit extra and, and I know now I will just have the money, just have enough so I can buy the rings and even take her, take her on a cheap restaurant after. That's, <laughs> I just get by but let's make this happen because I want the weather quick. Uh, and I had the finances and now I was going to a friend to preach down in Smallland. And, and two weeks before I went there, I was sitting, driving, driving in a car when I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. He said, give 2,000 to your friend that you're preaching for. And I, I, I heard it so clear, but I really know I needed it to buy the rings. So I went right away to take out 2,000 cash because I know myself that if I don't do it now, I will negotiate with myself and I won't give it to him. So I took it out, I put it in an envelope and I closed it and I put it in my bag. Two weeks later when I came there to my friend to preach, I didn't want to give it to him. But I was there with a team and he took us out to eat and he paid for all of us. And I felt like, it seems like he has a lot of money, he's paying for all of us. He, he should, probably don't need this money, right? You know how, how you start to think. But eventually I, I gave it to him after that dinner. I felt like, ah, I, I got to do it because I felt like God told me to give it. So I gave those 2,000 to him. And uh, a couple of weeks later, he was calling me up after a mission trip. And he said, do you know, when you gave those money, it was such a prayer answer. But God had been testing me first because when you came with a team preaching, I felt God told me to take you all out to eat and pay for it all. It costed me 1,000 crowns. And those 1,000 crowns was all I had when I was going on my mission trip. It was everything I had. And I, I didn't want to take you to that restaurant. I, I was thinking, telling God I would take them to, the, to eat pizza instead because it's a bit cheaper. But the pizza place was closed, so I still took you to the restaurant I felt in my heart. <laughs> so you had just been spending 
thousand crowns on us, and now he got two thousand. And I said, Praise God, that's wonderful. Then I heard from God. But still, I have no money to those rings. I was like, God, what's, what's happening? And it went a few weeks, and then I had a fr friend coming with 3,000 to me. He gave me 3,000. So I got 1,000 more too, so I could take her out for a nice dinner after and propose. And she said, yes. Amen? It's just a small, simple story, but sometimes God is just leading us, and it's an adventure. It's not like, oh, God is taking you by the throat and he's, he's going to squeeze. No, actually, God don't need your money. God don't need anything you have, but you need Him. All right? Giving is an adventure when you have the right heart. And God is changing your heart by giving. I believe that God wants to bless you. That is my prayer when we are doing this too. Uh, this series too and next week we'll speak more about the blessings of God and I believe that God wants to lift you financially and bless you and I'm praying that you will be promoted and that you will have higher salary and do make good investment and I I I'm really believe that God wants to do it but the first thing first God needs to be on the throne in your life because otherwise the money will control your heart but we want to control money M we want money but money wants us money talks we need to put it in a pocket, but it will try to make its way up to your heart. So every month you need to put it down in your pocket again. And, say, and declare Jesus is Lord in my life by tithing and giving. But there is an adventure. It is not law, it is life. When you enter into it, you will get peace of mind. Can we stand up together? Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our channel on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Curious to know more about our church? Check out our website, soschurch.se. Have a great day.